Hi there, this is John Frenet, and welcome to an encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. These are best done in person, and with the current state of emergency restrictions, that's just not possible. So we will be re-releasing our past episodes every Saturday at noon until this pandemic is in our collective rearview mirror. Until then, enjoy this encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. Some businesses succeed. Some don't. Then there are those that seem to have been around forever. The true entrepreneurial success story. How did they do it? What was their vision? What makes a success? In this special episode for Ion Annapolis, we speak with the true success stories. Those business owners that have been around for decades. Learn from their successes and failures. Now, here's host John Fernay. Well, we came up here to Crofton today, up inside the, the elusive Crofton Triangle, which is not quite like the Bermuda Triangle, but we're here with the Cyphers Agency and the founder, the the chairman, the CEO, the head creative guy, whatever you want to call him, but mm -hmm. Dave Cyphers, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. As, as you know, what we're doing is we're doing this sort of legacy series, and the concept is if I ran into somebody in a bar somewhere far away that had moved away from the area a long time ago, and they say, hey, you know... Is that Cypher's agency still around Annapolis? Mm -hmm. uh, and I would have to say no, they're not because we're in Crofton now, but right, you're right. still still in the area. We're still here. But you're celebrating 30 years. Yes. That's no small feat. Oh, it is a long time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How did we? How did you guys start? I mean, have... um, I started in my basement and just on my own. And I I knew I wanted to work on advertising, but I wasn't sure, you know, what I was going to make of it. I started with a, a carpet cleaning client, I think it was, and then a physical therapy company, and just kind of uh, I, I I made every mistake along the way and figured it out and slowly grew the company from just myself. Um, I took on a partner. Uh, in 94 and bought her half of the business out in 99. You know, in the old days, it was a lot of printed materials and brochures and direct mail and that sort of thing. Then we started getting into more marketing strategy and looking at people's overall budgets and how to promote the company in, in all sides of it. And then uh, and then technology started marching rapidly, you know, around 99, 2000. It's like, I think we're going to have to start creating websites. This and, internet and, thing. Uh, yeah, this internet thing. <laughs> it probably, might catch pro on. Probably going to stick around. And then, uh, and then it was uh, search engine optimization. And then it was social media. And then now it's mobile devices and video. And it just keeps evolving ever more rapidly. So, yeah, when you look back over 30 years, it's a completely different... You know, in the early days, we were doing broadcast fax uh, campaigns and, and printing Rolodex cards, you know? Sure. And nowadays, the young people look at me and don't know what any of those things are. Yeah, as I say, for the, for the, for the young ones that are watching, yeah, Ro yeah, that's, Rolodex, that's, yeah, that's, you have that's to go, your iPhone. You have to everything's Google your, that. Yeah, everything's yeah, your iPhone. Exactly. But, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I've got... Uh, my girlfriend had given me three 19... 70 early 70s playboy magazines that she had received someplace <laughs> and she was that she had seen someplace and not that i'm so much into playboy but just looking at the advertising in yes, it was yes. just phenomenal i mean the amount of booze advertising and cigarette advertising oh, right, right. which you don't certainly don't see as much anymore except yeah. in specific publications but and i don't even think i don't even think you're allowed to advertise cigarettes are you uh no no i don't believe so I was going to say I thought that was something that had changed, but uh, it, it's amazing to see how it how it has changed. And obviously, you guys have really sort of adapted to it. What's been the biggest change that you? What was the biggest obstacle? I guess that mm. as you came, was it the social media? Was it the internet? Or? I mean, the 
I don't know if any of them was an obstacle, but each one had to be attacked. You know, you're, when, as a small business, you can't just, you don't have, you're not made of money. You can't just say, hey, let's go hire a couple people and figure out how this works. You often start off with, um, well, that's what venture capital's for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So you start off with, well, let's get a freelancer perhaps who can help us out with this and let's figure it out. So uh, with, we did that in, in each of those phases. And with social media, it was just a matter of a couple of months. And it's like, wow, we need to get a full time person here. And, and then you slowly grow that department and, and the, the skills that you need and, and you figure it out and you upgrade the talent and grow that team. But you've got to be looking out ahead to see because your clients are going to start asking you, well, what about this social media thing? Should I be in, should I be in it? What should I do? And you have got to be able to talk the talk maybe before you can walk the walk. So you've, you've got to be ready and so that when it does come, you're there. Same with video. We, at first, well, we've got freelancers and, and some good relationships. But then, hey, we're doing enough of this. We need to bring it in-house. We need to internalize it and get really good at it. Same with SEO and now you know mobile advertising and all that stuff. You know, And this has come a long way from your basement. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. where, where where was where was the first office? Uh, well, actually, my very first office, I I, uh, I shared some office space with uh, Nancy Hammond, uh, okay. local artist, yep. and uh, I, Nancy's great. We're we, gonna be speaking with her soon. I, I made a uh, we made a deal where I would do her bookkeeping, and uh, she would give me a little office space in the back of her studio, which used to be on Sixth Street, uh, right there in Eastport. Okay. Uh, way back when. And uh, so that was how I first got started. Then moved to the basement of my townhouse. And uh, and there was a point where I had three or four employees and it was getting a little crazy because you're, you're never off of work and people are in the kitchen at the kitchen table. And, you know, it's just uh, my, my wife at the time, you know, she was, I guess... Uh, when she she wanted to stay home sick, she had to just hold herself up in the bedroom. She couldn't couldn't walk around the house because there's too much going on, you know. Right, no more of the coming down in the bathrobe, swigging milk yeah, out of there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there was a point where we had to get the heck out of there and get a real office. Yeah. So she laid down the law and said, uh, yeah, "Dave, get yeah, the, it's, it's time." Get the yes. heck out. Well, that was about the time we took on a partner, and uh, and so it, it made sense to uh, it made sense to. To get a real office, and then for a long time you were on old, what I call old old Solomon's Island. Yes, Road. we were over in Gibraltar for some years, uh, and then uh, and then moved, uh, you know, a tenth of a mile over to Old Solomon's Island Road. Yeah, and you were there until you moved up here to Crofton, right? Yes, yeah, we were busting at the seams. We needed some more space, and I was looking to purchase a building, which is a good investment for for my future. And this uh, this opportunity presented itself. We were at. 18 people now and we've got you know some room to grow and some breakout rooms like the one we're in where people you know nowadays they wander around with their laptops and have little ad hoc groups to work for a few hours at a time it's a it's a great a great environment Uh, i see audrey hepburn looking over your shoulder yeah this is the the audrey room yes (laughs) the purple rain is the one downstairs so you know just Ah, you've got themes in all your rooms oh oh, yeah oh yeah (laughs) you darn creative yeah well you gotta keep it fun and creative exactly what what are your capabilities in-house um, we do most everything in-house. In other words, we've got uh, designers working at computers. So they're doing everything from website development to traditional print and print ads. We do uh, a decent amount of video work internally here. Uh, a lot of it is digital these days, um, websites, digital ads, animation. And then when things get, we get real complicated videos or real complicated animation, we still have some great freelancers that we work with. Right. Um, but all the website development, all the creative, um, my creative director and vice president Darren Easton has been with me 22 years now and that's a, a large part of that 30 years and uh, that's that's part of the key is having this core group 
we've got some nice young talent, but a core group that's been 10, 15, some going 20 years as we've, as we've grown over the years. Well, you and I were probably about the same age. Does Facebook frustrate you like it frustrates me sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. It, it's not social media is not second nature to me like it is the younger, younger crowd. There's no, there's no doubt. I have my issues with it, and uh, but, but I understand its value for the for the business and for everybody's uh, when you're promoting other people's businesses, and uh, so we 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 embrace it. But uh, but yeah, it's not natural to me. How much? How much is your? How much is your? print business i mean you said oh, you, you uh, don't do it i mean obviously this, it's taking oh, a big hit from, oh it's a fraction yeah a fraction of what it once was you know there's still a place for printed materials as my kids were applying for colleges i i, I was reassured by the mountains of mail that came in that that printing companies are alive and well you didn't make that indictment list did you uh, no no oh, okay no, good. definitely not <laughs> no definitely not but i didn't um, make it either so <laughs> yeah yeah but um but it's definitely used a lot differently. You know, we, we go online to get all the details and to get real-time information. But direct mail and brochures still have a place to grab our attention. But you don't, we don't feel the need to have this, you know, 20, 30-page booklet and explain everything in a, in a, in a printed piece anymore. It, it's more grabbing people's attention and focusing them a little bit. And then they're going to go online to get the details, you know. Do you think that will ever revert back to a print thing, or do you no. think print may come a little bit more yeah, I mean, prevalent than it is the, now? The the pendulum swung swings back and forth like everything, right? And and uh, about the time of the last recession was the last big recession around the dot com time was when the internet was coming of age, and so it there was a big big cliff then when everybody said, "Wow, we can't spend any money on marketing. We're tightening our belts." And That's the time so, to spend it. so let's let's have the internet solve all our problems. So suddenly, printing dropped off, and everybody wanted the internet to solve all of their problems because it was it seemed cheaper. So so there was a big hiccup then. But then the pendulum has swung back, where people recognize the role of print, whether it's direct mail or collateral pieces. Um, so it is it has come back to a to a, a more a different set point and where it has a different role. But it's it's always going to be here. It's I, I know a couple of people that say that you know direct mail is just absolutely outstanding for them yeah um, they do yeah. like the an, an event they do the home expo down in annapolis right, right. this is just fabulous that i can right. get twenty thousand pieces into a targeted mailboxes and people look at it mm -hmm. i know strangely enough i mean i can find out all sorts of information about macintosh computers which i use a mac online um, but i really like to get that nine to five mac book right I, I, i'll go to barnes and noble to buy it Right. Yeah. Uh, the Capital yeah. newspaper on Sundays, I would love to sit down if they could reliably deliver it to me, but to, to actually exactly. physically yeah. read it. Right. Right. And um, magazines, you still want to, you know, sit on the couch with a magazine in your hand sometimes, you know? It is. I had a friend of mine that also said that in the future, he sees a point where you're, two people are going to have a conversation and say, hey, you know, there's this new place that opened down there and they've got like t shirts and jeans and, and they buy it and you can buy them and take them. And they're like, what? You mean like actually touch them? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and you can actually right. take them out of the store and take them home with you then. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like by not FedEx? <laughs> well, you know, and it, and but, it may. It, but, and and that, that whole, the whole retail world is struggling with it too, right? You know, Amazon buys Whole Foods and they're looking, at, they're looking at going the other way and figuring – they know they need some connection with the customer and they're figuring out how to best, how to best do that. Yeah. So completely online businesses are looking for offline connection with people and, and vice versa. The, the old uh, regular retail businesses are looking how – how can they best move online? So it's just like the printing world. World, it's going to be some combination of this completely seamless world where people 
want to walk into a store and they want to they want to be able to you know Home Depot you can click and then pick things up there uh, right. now they they they're getting really good at this at this seamless idea I can look online and I can see oh it's in aisle 17 right here in in the store in Bowie or, or Annapolis um, or I can order it because it's not in the store at this time so that's what's you know every industry is grappling with it any kind of retail too you're you're competing for expendable dollars yes and it's you know so the hardware store is not competing necessarily with home depot they're competing with you know the restaurant down the road that, mm-hmm. you know where am i going to, where is the consumer going to spend the money right now did you get your how did you get your start i mean were you did you go to school for marketing or I was, was this just a <clears throat> bad night out drinking one night that's, <laughs> no no i uh, i i went to school at university of maryland i studied in the journalism school and you had to make a choice and it was like news editorial public relations advertising. And I knew I was good at writing. My personal creative skill is writing and I enjoy it and I was good at it. And so I gravitated towards advertising and I still wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. And have you figured that out yet? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm ruined for being employed by anybody else after all these years of, of running my own business. But, but that was the I mean, it was Jerry Wood at Annapolis Sailing School, my first job teaching sailing, who was kind of my mentor for an entrepreneur. And he was he uh, had the sailing schools. He they had 11 locations at that time. He had the boat shows. He had a, a couple of other businesses and he did all his he had his own printing presses there, a husband wife team that I started to manage. And I just saw this guy that had built his own little world and called the shots. And I that was my inspiration to become an entrepreneur. So for better or for worse, you know, I might have grown quicker if I'd worked for a larger agency somewhere and learned the ropes. But then maybe I but then maybe I wouldn't have had the nerve to go out on my own or once you get married and have a family or something. But uh, I just uh, went off and started from day one on my own and started to figure it out. uh, Good, bad and ugly. I will say that having owned my own business for businesses for a couple, you know, many years, but as you do, I mean, it's one of the most rewarding experiences that you could possibly imagine. But at the same breath, it's the most terrifying thing. Absolutely. (laughs) It is all of those things, right? When things go well, you can slap yourself on the back and take credit for it and you feel on top of the world. But then when things go badly, you know, we lose a big account or, or there's a big recession and you're, you're staring at your at everything you, right. you need to pay. And it's like, wow, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. Pay, payments, payments dwindle, payrolls continues. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that, that, uh, and we've certainly had our ups and downs over all these years um, where there's times where, yeah, that freight train of the, the, the biweekly payroll and the bank wants their money. And that's, that's doesn't stop for anything, you know? <laughs> so, true. well, it was sort of like I had a laugh during the shutdown. President Trump had said, well, just talk to the bank. They'll, they'll work with you. Yeah, right. right. Like, yeah, just when they explain it's, it to it's, them. It's like, it's like you got to find a person in a bank, first yeah. of all. But Yeah, I chuckled uh, at that too. Yeah, right. Up. Are, are you still sailing? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I don't own a boat right now. I'm in a sailing club. That's the best kind of boat. Exactly, <laughs> right. No, I'm in a sailing club down the West River, and I uh, I have a good friend who's uh, races up in Annapolis, so I'm doing the Frostbite series now on uh, on Sundays, and, and we'll be back out there on Friday nights with the, the beer can series. So I love being out on the water. Yeah, that's that has never left me and, and uh, get the kids through college. Maybe I will get my own boat uh, here. That's great. Where, where are your kids in college? Uh, Zoe is at Catholic University. She okay. is studying architecture. So uh, I don't know that she's going to take this business over. And my son 
the jury's still out. He's at Georgetown studying business. So we'll wow. see. We'll see. Good for you. I've got yeah. my, my youngest is graduating at American in May. So okay. uh, I'm looking forward to the raise and <laughs> to my raise. Yes. Yeah, know, exactly. Without, right. right. Without, without the, the tuition payroll, payment. Yes. <laughs> um, well, we got to get her out, get her, get her a job and get her out of the house. Yeah. But it's yeah. uh, it's it's great when you when you can sit there and see that. What are your future plans for Cypress? Well, do I mean, you have anything? At this? I mean, I know you just just moved in here about yeah, a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite yet ready to retire. I've got a few more years left in me for sure. Definitely need to keep this business growing. I mean, part of that is the the challenge and the fun of growing it, but part of it is that you want to keep this good crew and people want to grow their career. They want to, uh, as they get older, they want to make more money. And so the business has to keep growing. And uh, there's a natural ebb and flow of clients coming and going as, as companies get bought and sold and people move around. So it is a constant business development effort to keep the thing growing. But it's not about adding a ton more people. I can imagine a few more positions that we could use to really fill out our capabilities. And then it's about working with, you know, the, the ideal clients. They've, they've got enough enough money and budget, but they've also got a good attitude to let us be creative. And it's something fun and interesting. Um, and those are, you get all those things together, you're doing pretty good. So it's life's too short to work with jerks. Exactly. And, it's and, <laughs> and as, as we get to a point now where we're not you know, we're not so desperate, then yeah, you can be a little more careful about what's a good fit for us and what's a good fit for the companies we work with, because it's a lot of work to sell yourself and do proposals. And, and what you really want to do is build relationships that last for years and years. We've got sure. a number of those and we're always looking for more good ones like that. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about your different clients, what, what areas of advertising do you excel in, I guess? And where, um, what, what's your, what's your ideal client? Um, I mean, besides the one with like a huge budget, $50 yeah, yeah, million. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we're large enough that an ideal client is someone who has an ongoing need for an agency for support. You know, we're we're usually this we're we're not as expensive as a big Baltimore or DC agency. We're but we're not a freelancer either. So we're somewhere in between. So when a company has an ongoing need for support, um, they need a, a group of people to understand them, and they can hit on all the different burners: the public relations, the creative folks here, the uh, social media side, um, the strategy. Then they then they will see the value because they've got a group that really learns and understands them. And often a monthly what will work out to be a monthly retainer for us that is is good for us is like one or two people full-time people for them or a couple of you know so they could not possibly put a team together that would have all the talents that we would have for what they can sure. pay us so that's the kind of the the value proposition and what types of ind industries i guess are are you all across the board we, i mean or we are pretty diverse um in recent years we've gravitated more towards trade associations in dc and that's, you know, most of them are located in D.C. They are all different shapes and sizes and different industries. If anything, we've gravitated more towards some food-oriented clients. Um, so food-oriented trade associations from the National Chicken Council to the, to the Grain Foods Foundation. Oh, no. <laughs> International Dairy Foods Association, Snack, Snack International, which is snack foods, uh, that sort of thing. But, uh, but we also have some, some, you know, we've had restaurant clients. We've got Strayer University we just did a nice campaign with the Chesapeake Bay Trust uh, okay. in Annapolis when they they uh, they're great. They uh, were launching the new Bay Plate, right. and uh, they had a contest, and it was a designer, uh, a great designer who came up with that design that they chose. But we're the ones who helped 
promote that new bay plate to get it out there. And uh, we were particularly pleased about that because years ago we helped promote the the last bay right. plate. So right. so that's that's a right. Good well, we we spoke with we spoke with the artist that did the, oh, this did you? plate, okay. and, yeah. and Joe Barson, who did the original one, is yes, is yes. is a friend of mine. And oh, cool. My claim to fame on the new Chesapeake Bay plate is is that I think I am the very first one to ever get a red or a uh, speed camera ticket in DC with the new bay plate. Oh, there's a distinction. Nice. <laughs> it is. I, I got mine on October 29th or whenever the first day it was issued. I took my daughter back to school like That's on the great. 30th and you should frame that and put it on the wall. Bam. Got yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still disputing it. I'm going to oh, make okay. I'm, okay. I've got to make them prove that I was <laughs> If nothing else it delays it for about a year before I there have to go. pay it pay the $100, but Nice. Um but yeah, so I mean you're you're pretty much all over the place. Yes. I um, mean it does keep us it keeps life interesting. It keeps us creative to work in different industries and and some clients just by by nature they get stuck in their little world kind of with blinders on about what's going on in their industry so it is this cross-pollination of something that works well in the restaurant industry could work well here for the trade association and they never would have thought of it um there is a lot of that and it's helpful I find in, in almost anything, you've got a, a bunch of people that end up being what I would call old and crusties. Mm-hmm. And this is the way it's always been done, and this is the way yes. we do things. You need a disruptor, yes. That yeah. which would be Cypher's agency to come in and just and, – and not necessarily to disrupt, but to – okay, I'm going to slide over here and look at it from right. a different angle. That's, and that's part of the reason that it does make sense to hire an outside agency because you, you, you need a fresh perspective. You need somebody to, to learn your business but not be so immersed in it that you, you don't see the forest for the trees anymore. Uh, a fresh perspective, yeah. I had, heard, I had heard a long time ago that if you want to get to the, the bottom of anything, you ask why five times. <laughs> uh, it's like, like, a, like a three-year-old. Yeah. Well, why did you paint the wall red? Yeah. Well, why? <laughs> why? 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 Because, okay, we use primary colors, okay? Right, right, <laughs> right. Finally, thank you. Get to the bottom um, of it, yes. But it, do you guys will do, I mean, you do, I'm assuming, collateral, design sure. collateral for oh, yeah. trade shows and... Yep, and yep. Um, collateral pieces. We do trade show displays. We do, um, uh, we'll help manage events. Um, and, you know, you're, you're still doing promotional items and, you know, at kind of all sides of what people need from the from the strategy of how they should best spend their money to helping them manage their sales departments to, you know, it, it, whatever it, whatever it takes, whatever it needs. And, and that's, um, that's the fun part. It's no, it's not like we have a set price list really, you know, the, 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 the projects engagements are different. The client's needs are different. And that is the, my, what is most fun to me is taking the time to learn these different businesses. Even if it's in the same industry, they're they're different by virtue of that owner and that, their vision and what they're trying to do. Everyone is unique. And so uh, being able to dip down into these businesses and learn what they're about and then help them achieve their goals, that is that is what's cool and what's fun. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're probably not afraid to fire a client, right? No, no. I mean, I mean you, you don't were, do it willy nilly. But no, no, it, it's painful to do. But but yeah, and that's another thing that comes with with time and being a little more secure. There were days back in the past where you wouldn't dare fire them. You needed them, and you right. put up with them. Uh, nowadays, not so much. No, they they that is they, it's 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 just like a toxic employee where they've got to go because they're not a good fit. A client can do the same thing and create ripples through the through the company through our company where it is just not worth it, and I, they need to go. Yeah, I agree. That's like the uh, someone told me I used to own several travel agencies and uh, had a toxic employee, and someone said, "Do you know the the best day to fire?" A toxic employee is 
What's that? You typically think like Monday or Friday right, or something right, like that. Right. It says, no, the, as soon as you realize the, the first day, the, the first <laughs> yeah. day you realize that you yes. need to. Yes. <laughs> yes. And believe me, we learned those lessons the hard way too. I think I shake my head and look back in the nineties when we made some bad hires and, and we weren't really, we weren't self-aware as a company of your culture and what is a good fit. And that's a big deal to figure out what is a good fit. We try and we try really hard to have people come here for a day or two and try us on for size. And we get to know them a little bit in addition to interviews because it is so critical. A small group of 18 people, everybody's got to be pulling their weight and they have to be a good fit. You're a family. Yeah, a exactly. Family. Right, right, right. My son had, was recruited to go out to Colorado. He has a, a job with the state and doing IT, and uh, he was all set to go. And it was a contra- contractor work and whatnot. And I said, you know, but you got to think about it. You know, are you are you the jerk that's <laughs> going to be in the office? Right. Uh, can you get along with the jerk that's in the office? Right. You know, right. what's going to happen if the contract loses? And he ultimately uh, decided to stay where he was. Really? Uh, okay. Fairly fairly new out of college, so I mean, he's got a really good job, but. And again, it's it's critical to have a team that works works well together. And you said your vice president has been here twenty two years. Yes, yes. What's been your average tenure of here? Do you know? Um, well, it's. I, I mean, mean I you've got obviously. It's the, gotten longer and it's gotten longer and longer. You know, as in the early days when we weren't doing the right hiring, sometimes people were coming and going quicker, and they'd realize it or we'd realize they're not a good fit. It has definitely gotten longer and longer. There's a core group of seven or eight folks that are that are 10 years plus here, and then, then there's some young folks that have come in in recent years, so there's a good mix, which helps us uh, stay on the cutting edge. But... Um, all right, so who's smarter, the young kids or the old guys? It's it's different, right? I mean, um, you you've got you've got the gray hair uh, that like Darren and I have, who've got this wisdom of of the experience over the years. But there are fresh ideas coming in from them that we would never think of. So it is definitely a good blend. I mean, we uh, we it's it's a really open open atmosphere here so people can overhear conversations whether it's something that's happening in real time on social media or whether it's talking about ideas we talk about the idea that it's not it's not uh you know kayla's ad agency or katie's ad agency it's you if you sit in one room all by yourself and try and figure something out it's just you if you share the idea and talk about it you get the power of the multiple brains and that's where the ideas come in that's where they get better they get sharpened and so we're I, I really get on people about that of, of we got to do this together. I don't, you know, if I do a proposal, I want other people to look it over and, and, and give me some feedback and ideas. You, you, it's not going to be very powerful if it's coming out of one brain. And that's true. It's where the magic happens at the Cyphers agency. Exactly. Yes. You get it down there. Well, Dave Cyphers, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on 30 years. Thank you. And, thank you. You know, I encourage anybody that's listening to this, if you uh, are looking for an ad agency or if you're in the trade association in D.C. Yes, or yes, whatnot, yes. Uh, which uh, they a lot of experience there, but uh, definitely give them a look over. Um, thank right you. up here in Crofton, very conveniently located. A very cool Audrey Hepburn room. <laughs> uh, we got red, white, and blue. It's a very patriotic room, but yes, it's uh, you've done a really good job with the office. I mean, thank did, you you, did you gut this and, and build this to spec? Um, or? We didn't have to do too much. It was it was already in the in the right direction, but but yeah, we just continued on with bright colors, and we we gave everybody a, a little bit of a budget to, to personalize their areas, and and uh, we wanted to make it a fun creative space to inspire us. You know, if you're here eight, 10 hours a day, you want to, exactly. You want to have it there. 
Dave Cypress, thank you. Congratulations on 30 years. Thank you, Jim. Um, I look forward to hearing more about your next 30 All as right. it goes. And uh, we'll see you in your walker, I guess, in, <laughs> in, in, in 30 or so. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. But thanks very much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to this special podcast for I Am Annapolis. Please be sure to visit IamAnnapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the I Am Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Google Play.